Hi, um, this is Tony, and welcome to another episode of Tapa Talks. Um, I know it's been a while since I actually uploaded an episode because I almost gave up on this personal project of mine. Yet here I am recording another episode because I changed my mind. And in time for Valentine's Day tomorrow, I have decided to record a special episode with my um, boyfriend. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Okay, I've decided. <laughs> I've decided to record an episode with my boyfriend and we will attempt to answer the relationship inventory created by Esther Perel, a relationship expert. You might know her from her TED Talks about um, intimacy and infidelity and all of that jazz. So yes, I would like to introduce to you my boyfriend, Nikki. Say hi, Nikki. Hello. Yes, okay, um, that very masculine energy is very new to this podcast because all of this time, it's just been me talking, so I hope you enjoy that masculine energy. So we will just really try masculine. to... Yes, <laughs> masculine being... Masculine. Masculine, masculine being in quotes, masculine. <laughs> anyway, so um, we will just go through... The 10 questions. Basically, the relationship inventory is just a series of uh, 10 questions that couples should be asking um, each other or maybe themselves about what they really want out of their relationship. So let's go. The first question is, what is the strength you bring to your relationship? And what's a dilemma that you carry with you? So the first is strength you bring, and then the second is the dilemma that you you bring. Do you wanna answer first? <laughs> well, uh, I am the guy, so I do bring a lot of strength. Wow! 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 Okay. Here we go. Here we go. This is off to a great start. <laughs> this is a very gendered conversation. Uh, okay. All jokes aside. <laughs> okay. I mean, all muscles have strength, whether they're from male or female. Mm-hmm. So let's stop kidding ourselves. Um, if you were to ask me what that was 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, speaking of which, like 10 years, that's also actually more than 10 years when we our relationship first started. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. We've, yeah, we've <laughs> been together for more than. 10 years now wow okay so, okay <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that they have the same answer mm-hmm. um but what is your answer <laughs> yeah, i guess i do have to think about it and in a way it does feel very i do feel that i do bring a very masculine trait love in that <laughs> You're basically dancing like, around like, this question. Yes, I am. Like I bring because I'm, it's since strength. It's really making me think of the f- physical aspect. Mm-hmm. So like when there's heavy lifting needed, like there was the project in your house, um, the renovations, and so I provided some quote unquote legwork. So or, your strength is very literal, <laughs> literal physical annually, strength. <laughs> I guess it's what I'm thinking about right now. Okay. So, uh, uh, it's not that easy to think about like strength, especially since it sounds so general. Mm-hmm. If you were to tell me what would be the most important strength that I bring, mm-hmm. maybe it's the light high lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you you lighten up the relationship, so to speak. Yeah, which which sounds weird mm-hmm. to say as a strength. Strength is supposed to be like hard and masculine. And but, but no. you ascribe that to it. I mean, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I am. I I want to be able to provide that. Uh, a sense of comfort and safety mm-hmm. and that sense that this we're here to have fun mm-hmm. and 
not always just about the serious things mm-hmm. or even if things are serious it can still be a little fun along the way okay so yes. maybe we can go to the dilemma bit yes later mm-hmm. what's okay. your strength okay um I've also been thinking I always think about what I bring to the table whether it's in the relationship or at work so I think whether it's in this relationship or at work I think my strength or what I bring to the table is uh, perspective I think Um, perspective and um, level-headedness I guess so I guess we're similar in that sense that we try to make things light or make light of situation by bringing in perspective and certain level headedness if that makes sense yeah now but I mean what's interesting is that even if we are claiming that that's what we bring <laughs> I mean you know it's not what strength do you bring and that's it it's also yeah. like what mm-hmm. dilemmas you carry mm-hmm. so I guess uh, if there is one dilemma that really comes to the top of my head it's that there are really expectations that I've built around what a relationship should be mm-hmm. and especially given my family structure Mm -hmm. things can be very rigid or I mean it's not fully strict but there's like certain expectations about who does what what does who Mm -hmm. (laughs) did you say what does who (laughs) yeah what does who what does who what does that mean It, it means what it means. It, it, it just came out. That that's that's what, how. What I, does who? What does who? You know. We have Doctor Sue's in the house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Continue. Is that a trademark yeah. word of Doctor yeah, Seuss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, all journalists would be paying so much money to the Doctor Seuss Foundation. But then he's going back. Yeah. Like the sense of. So yeah, talking about gender roles, mm-hmm. there's still the sense of what should I be doing as a guy? Mm-hmm. Is it still important, or it, or is that kind of sense still important, mm-hmm. or can I make something of it? Mm-hmm. And then what about everyone else? Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. How about your um, carry? I guess your carry on. I guess it's kind of similar but different. Like your your dilemma has a focus on um, gender roles, whereas mine is really um, uh, social expectations. I think because my dilemma my dilemma is always how can I keep on. Um, enjoying your company and enjoying you as a partner without really thinking about the social expectations that we both need to to live up to. Because sometimes when I think about those expectations outside of what we expect from each other, I'm finding it I'm finding it hard to just enjoy the relationship for what for what it is or actually yeah. enjoy you for who you are because I'm also thinking in terms of what you're talking about about gender roles like you should be doing this you should be doing that instead of just yeah. instead of just really seeing you for for who you are and what I really enjoy about you as a person so there what what my- <laughs> what makes the gender roles different from the social expectation? Um, I think uh, I, I would mm, think that they're kind of the same. Yeah, but there's less focus on um one gender doing um something mm. very specific, but more of like you as a couple should function a certain way in uh in society per se. Like for example, 
Uh, or if you're already married, you should contribute this way to to your community, to society. Or uh, yeah. your, there's 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 a lot more expectation to like. So it's also. Mm. So it's also outside of the relationship. Yeah, uh, yeah, outside like, of the. Like, what re- does this relationship do for people outside? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, like I, I don't. Mm. <laughs> oh. I guess the next question is also very relevant to this because it's like, when do you feel most free in your relationship? Uh, I think the operative question here actually is it. When do you feel the most free? Because that in itself is actually very hard to to answer. <laughs> so even outside of the relationship. Yeah, context. in general. In general, when do you feel the most free? And then there's an addendum of when do you feel the most free in your your relationship. Do you wanna answer this first? Because <laughs> I, I would say, I would give a very general answer and mm-hmm. that is I feel the most free when I'm not busy. <laughs> wow. Wow Nini. Wow. It's such a general answer. Okay. It's like so what is this? Um, I guess, I guess, sir. To answer this, I will circle back on my answer earlier. I feel the mo- I feel the most free, whether in the context of this relationship or not, when I am unencumbered by expectation and obligation. When I can just enjoy things for what they are and I can enjoy people for, for who they are if, if that makes makes sense unencumbered by expectation wow, and big obligation word. yes yeah <laughs> yeah repetition yeah not unencumbered of all this it's like you're not burdened by it basically you're not burdened mm-hmm. by it like I, I was gonna make a pun, but it sounds really bad. Like, is it? Is it about <laughs> is, cucumber? Is it about a cucumber? I was going to ask. Is it? Yeah, is it related yes, to cucumbers? cucumbers? You are not burdened by cucumbers. Yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> you, you might be scared of cucumbers. Yeah, cat like a cat. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, what? No. <laughs> Have you answered okay, so... it? Have you answered it, or are we moving on to the next question? <laughs> But I think to complete my answer, it mm. would be so. Yeah, when I don't, it's kind of the same. When I don't feel like I have to do anything, uh-huh. that would be my definition for busy, where I have a sense that there's something that needs to be done and I have to do it. Mm. So I guess it also applies outside of the relationship as well. Mm. And um, um maybe some judgment calls or something but mm. I feel like I'm a very easygoing person which mm. is both like good and bad mm. but uh, everybody has their everybody has their two sides yeah okay what's the next question okay um the third question this is just the third question okay um, what would you like to experience the most in your um, relationship? Now, Esther Perel has included some answer options here because um, in her work, she's found that all of the things that people just want to experience in relationships can be summed up in, in these words. So like there's tenderness there's softness, there's closeness, there's intensity, there's a lot more other words like aggression, transcendence, connection, aggression, <laughs> receiving. What if there's abrasion? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Who, who would want abrasion in a really... Is there abrasion? Anyway, abrasion no, no, is probably no, just, similar to no, aggression, but. Yeah, I'm just making fun of the fact that. There's aggression, aggression there. there, yeah. Rebelliousness. Abrasion. Yeah. So there's rebelliousness, abandon. surrender, abandon, and abandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Do you wanna answer this first, or like, do you do you wanna use um one of the options that she gave, or do you wanna give an answer of your own? So I would 
say something close to closeness. Okay, I'm repeating mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> close to closeness. But I'd say more of like words mm-hmm. connection rather than just closeness. Mm-hmm. Because and uh, to put it in more detail, two people can be very close to each other, but that doesn't necessarily mean they connect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they're actually bound. Mm-hmm. And by binding, I don't mean that I want to be tied to you, to the hip. Mm-hmm. It's getting to know you and also you getting to know me. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's cheesy. Uh, well, you are, che- you are cheesy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm lactose intolerant at the same time. So. Oh, if there is a God, okay. why did that happen? Okay. Um, so... I think I will just borrow from uh, from her her answer. One of her answers, I guess. Um, the first couple of answers she gave here is really tenderness and uh, softness, because I think I think I've mentioned it to you as well before that I really appreciate it if the relationship can be the soft place where we can like safely fall because you know the the world outside is not really built for like tenderness and softness and sometimes the relationship is the only place that where you can actually get it so yeah so the relationship is a bouncy castle it's a bouncy castle (laughs) or like (laughs) or like a fort of pillows kind of way like yeah like like you you can be assured that um not only will somebody catch you but the the thing that catches you is like a very soft and bouncy uh, surface so to speak so. yeah okay. i would also remark like due to pandemic Mm-hmm. There hasn't been any bounce houses. Like you don't you barely any see bounce houses anymore. Yeah, it's probably also not sanitary because of you know the amount of um, surfaces you have to clean. So okay. Uh, I'll read question number four because it's very relevant to what you said earlier. Yeah. What are the dominant messages you grew up with about boys and girls slash? Men and Men women. Men and women. A woman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that the messages were dominant as they were more passive aggressive. Maybe pervasive. Like maybe pervasive. pervasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the right term for it. Yeah. yeah. Hello? Did you got Hello? Did you get cut off? Hello? I seem to have lost him because the pervasive, you know, messages of growing up as a man or as a boy is too much for him to handle. Oh yeah, and we'll be right back because he got cut off. His internet has problems. We'll be right back. We will just continue from question number four. Okay, so question number four. Uh, this is very relevant to the answer I gave earlier. So what are the dominant messages you grew up with about boys and girls slash men and women? Mm-hmm. So talking about gender roles. Um, I would say though there wasn't really... I wouldn't say that they were dominant messages per yeah, se. Yeah, again, it's pervasive is, I think, the right term. Yeah. More pervasive. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say passive aggressive messages. Yeah. yeah, sounds about right as well. <laughs> so, like, it's not like your mom, my mom and dad was really telling me that about everything that boys and girls should do. Mm hmm. Although it does make me think back of like when I was in preschool, I was noted to be the only guy that wanted to play house with the girls. 
none of the other guys wanted to play with the girls. <laughs> that may be a little popular, but that popularity never really stayed. <laughs> Because when they <laughs> got to know you, you're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's preschool. What, yeah. what do preschoolers What know? do children know? <laughs> what do children know? So dominant messages. I think it's a very common message. The sense of the man is supposed to do the work. Mm-hmm. And then the woman is supposed to be taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. kind of sense. So it's more there's the tendency of the man's out of the house, the woman's in the house. I kind of saw that in my family, but at the same time, I because. It's because I didn't really accompany my dad to work. I never really got to understand the man's part as much as the mom's part. Mm-hmm. And like my mom wasn't just any regular housewife mm-hmm. because she would also do hardware mm-hmm. and heavy lifting, mm-hmm. which some people would say is what the Man should be doing, yeah. But I guess one of the bigger messages is the fact that the woman is supposed to be submissive to the man. Mm -hmm. That the woman's just supposed to follow the man and obey what he says. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would say there's. I still have a lot of friends who. Do subscribe to that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say my current, my resolution for that is, if it's about leadership, if okay, um, you can I'll, do it. Yeah, I'll put it. If the other person knows what they're doing and knows what they want mm-hmm. and they're happy mm-hmm. and then you're already kind of leading them mm-hmm. even if you don't have to do it directly mm-hmm. there's also the sense that you don't have to lead them in every aspect of their life mm-hmm. um I mean, while they're like obiganis, can you imagine um, <laughs> if there's a man that's trying to tell a woman about how to be pregnant? Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, okay. I'm bringing it into that kind of conversation. Okay. How to how to be pregnant or how to okay. how to deal with monthly periods okay. as if as if men are experts in the I mean, cycle I mean if they're um, obiganis yes I would understand I mean yeah, they only know it in terms of theory but not in terms of experience oh, okay <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, you know I'm just saying in that case You can't you can't expect to lead just by theory mm, alone. Okay. You also need to. I, I guess that would be like, for example, the biggest divide, and and it's also one of the bigger differences outside of domestic saying domestic work or whether a man should work, a woman should stay at home. Mm-hmm. We have the option to have the man stay at home and the woman yeah. go to work. Yeah. But the man can't choose to have a period or for, have a have a baby to carry yeah, a baby for nine months. Yeah. Carry yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger might want to disagree, but that's <laughs> fiction. So. I feel like I've taken up a lot of time with yeah, this. Okay. Answer. <laughs> okay. But, 
But the thesis statement being... <laughs> um, the sense of submission, it's... I guess it's still something I'm trying to... That I'm still thinking about. Okay. Especially when it comes to... It, it also becomes to social expectations. Mm-mm. Okay. It's even if, there's even the sense of even if you don't want to follow that system, others want you to follow it, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, and then what? Um, how about you? the dominant messages um I guess with me it's really a progression like when I was a girl growing up the dominant or like the pervasive message is always to be prim and proper to behave a certain way especially in the presence of of like boys and but when I grew up like especially now that I'm older like I'm 30 now it's changed because it's really about you should have an ambition yet you should still want to you should still want marriage and be a mom and all that jazz like it's really about all of these expectations about you know you should have a career but you should still want to become somebody's wife or somebody's mom you should want all of these things and it's a struggle with me because i don't necessarily want all of those things especially at the same time <laughs> so yeah yeah mm. the balancing the balancing the balancing the balancing act the balancing act of those things and I think I think even men are subject to the same um, expectation balancing act like you're expected also to have like careers and you're expected to have lots of money and but then you're also expected to be like good good husbands yeah good husbands good fathers good um, heads of households yeah, especially when you come to a certain age, like yeah. Um, do we do we move to the next? We're just we're just yeah. in question number five. Oh, luck. So with question number five, it's still about number five because among the five senses, which one is the most powerful for you? So of course, Esther Perel gave us options: so seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, or tasting. Which one is the most powerful for you let's say touching okay. uh, I like although I would say I'm a little more reserved compared to how I was as a child I would poke mm. people a lot as a kid I like to tickle people wrestle with people nowadays I mean we can't have that now Mm-mm. we can't yeah we yeah. can't be can't even have a handshake yeah and like even as you meet new people especially with how culture has grown there's the sense of you can't always just be touching people Mm -hmm. willy-nilly because people are gonna get offended people are going to get they're going to take it the wrong way of course you have to have consent yeah yeah, although it's like it, it, it does get a little sad that that you need to still ask for consent to hug somebody, but I get I understand it, but at the same time, because like going back, I want connection, and mm. for me, one of the ways of establishing connection is really through touch. Mm. By be, uh, there's that sense of togetherness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, how about you? Which of the five senses are most powerful? Uh, 
for me, I guess, it's hearing. Um, and because I I learn best when hearing as well. Like when when I hear something back, like I I try to say things back so that I hear it right, and that's the best way I learn. So I guess. Um, in that regard, it's the most powerful sense for me. So it's also the most powerful sense for me when it comes to relationships because I like I like listening to people. I like talking to people, and that's why maybe the the social distancing as well because of the pandemic is hard for me. If it's hard for you because of the touch aspect, it's hard for me because I am not in conversation with people face to face. Because there's a difference when you hear people face to face versus when you hear them through. There's a big difference when mm-hmm. you can feel their saliva. No, going on <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. Like, <laughs> no, like um, the, the, I mean, I get what you, I get what you're saying, but that's not what I mean. Um, but like the quality of the voice is. Yeah, the no, it's not, the quality of the voice is different, and then of course there's yeah. um, um, the the nuances like the the size, the the breaths, the the pacing is different, and it's really just different. And even just right now, you sound different versus when we're talking face to face. It's sound it's really different. So even in that yeah, aspect, yeah. I'd say to bring our two answers together, there's also a certain feel of the voice that you don't get. Yeah, in digital mediums. Like, yeah. Yeah. Actually, even right yeah. now, since even right now, since we're doing this like in just like a call, it's actually hard to it's hard to sense each other taking turns. It's it almost feels like we're talking over each other because I can't really tell when you're done or when I'm no. done. Like no, you know me. I I always talk over everything. Yeah, whether it's face to face or digitally. So. Speaking of the voice, mm. we're going to get more into language because mm. of the following verbs. Which one are you most comfortable with? Okay. And which would you like to stretch? Makes it's interesting. Why? What, what do? What does this question mean? Um, it, to stretch. It, it means no. I mean, it. It. I think it means. What would you like to practice more? Uh, to um, practice. Because yeah, because the first question related to the verb is which one are you most comfortable with? It. It kind of connotes that which one are you. M- willing to receive versus the second one which, is, which would you like to to practice or maybe give to the other person so the the verbs the verbs mentioned here this is question number six by the way so of the following verbs which one are you comfortable with and which would you like to practice more of or to stretch so the first one is to ask to take to give to receive to refuse so yeah Mm -hmm. i i I don't know if i would give refuse as an answer but i feel like it's important to also note that it's there Mm, yeah 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 because it's about refusal is also about boundaries you refuse certain things like the one with consent earlier i mean you have to ask because other people refuse your affections if you think about it i mean yeah would you like to answer this already or yeah i'm going to sound pretty selfish or narcissistic <laughs> here to take because I, I really like the two verbs which mm. are to take and to give I guess it's also very cliche, give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I want them together. So whether it's comfortable or stretch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard for me to see not see them separately. Okay. So in the sense that they're kind of tied. Yeah. You give, you take. Okay. But uh, I do like the contrast of take 
are supposed to receive. Yeah. And then give as opposed to ask because mm-hmm. I guess take taking mm-hmm. and giving probably is a lot more forceful compared to asking and receiving. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is very um yeah. this is very sermon on the mount. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. No, but which one do you do you want more? And which one do you want to practice more? Because you're just saying you're taking uh, okay. them in yeah, tandem. I'm, comfor- I'm more comfortable with taking. I like taking. <laughs> I like saying that they're my precious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I do love to give as well. Okay. So, and I would say that if there's a reason why I take things, it's also because I want to be able to give it back in a way. I guess in my headspace, I think that I'm doing something with what I have. And so that way I can put it back. But mm-hmm. again, it's super headspace. Mm-hmm. Probably more like Smeagol. Yeah. The, the only thing that they give back is fish bones. Mm, in a okay. Cake. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like to get on. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. No. Maybe. Okay. I, while you were answering that, because I'm also thinking of my answer and I'm thinking maybe the differences in our answers also has something to do with our birth orders because you're mm. you're the youngest so you're so used to yes, taking yeah you're so used to, to to taking things because they were also kind of freely given to you anyway you're kind of spoiled in a sense so maybe that has to do with that mm. because because my answer I think has something to do with me being the eldest anyway because I'm most comfortable to give <laughs> to give <laughs> completely opposite to give and I would like to practice more of the receiving because I'm not really good at I'm not really good at receiving anything like gifts or compliments whatever it's really hard for me so I really need to learn uh, how to how to receive and then at the same time since I'm so comfortable in giving I think other people will also tell me to to really stretch my refusal my um, really establishing my, my boundaries because since I tend to give and give mm. and give and give and give yeah I really don't know how to refuse <laughs> so, I mean I, I would also want to also practice that refusing as well as a people pleaser yeah 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 that, that but that also has to do I think because of our birth order our our people pleasing we're, we're both people pleasers but it's kind of different um, manifestations of people pleasing in a sense uh, anyway what, what is, <laughs> I, I would say these they're very simple verbs. Yeah. Um, they're verbs that we really meet on a daily basis. Yeah. Because, but um, the power about thinking about it. Yeah, and then um, it makes you ask. Like when I was reading this now, <laughs> like when I was reading this earlier, like what does it really mean to ask? What does it really yeah. mean to? It's it's hard because like what does it what does it look like? And the more you think about it the more you can really think of the mm. many manifestations of these five simple, simple verbs. Verb. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to yeah. question yeah, number like seven? I would like to do a demonstration of the verb. I'd like to ask you to <laughs> give the next question, please. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so I'll take the opportunity. Yes. I would like to give you that. the opportunity to, I will to ask it. that question. <laughs> okay. I will this so okay. question seven, mm-hmm. how comfortable are you in communicating your wants 
and dislikes. Okay. Especially on an emotional. Oh, good lord. Um, I am. I I will answer this right away. I am not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you refuse. No, no. It's more of no. I don't think this is a refusal. I don't think this is a refusal thing because the question is how comfortable are you uh, okay. in communicating, and I'm not comfortable in communicating um any anything. It's hard. It's uh, communicating anything is extra hard, whether it's wants or dislikes or, and I guess that's part of the. I guess you're right. That's part of the to refuse verb that I need to practice because, the dislike part, me communicating my what I don't like, is part of the refusal. So, but yeah, in general, no, I'm not. It's practicing your refusals. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pero like. The way you practice these verbs has to do with your level of comfort as well in communicating, right? So yeah. So yeah. do I take it that <laughs> I answered I it? Can, I, can, I answered yeah, it already. I can't <laughs> ask it anymore. We can't. We can't really I don't know. delve into this. I I answered it already. I answered it already. That you're not comfortable. Yeah. How about you? Are you comfortable? I would want to ask a follow-up question. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's appropriate. It's like, where do you think that? I don't know if it's discomfort. But where <laughs> do you think the lack of comfort is coming from? Maybe because I, okay. Um, maybe because I I have this desire that before I communicate anything. I want to be very clear with it, and I want to be able to articulate it really clearly. And I guess that's that's really putting pressure on myself. Like I know that's a challenge, considering that we're both communication majors, <laughs> and, and it's funny that I'm saying I'm having a hard time communicating because that's that's our that's both of our jobs. Why are you struggling with it? Because like I want a certain level. So much nice. And like a certain level of focus and clarity before I actually communicate. So the discomfort is there because like I sometimes I'm it's not clear to me yet. I don't know how to articulate it yet. That's why I don't communicate it yet, and I'm not comfortable. So I, I guess we'd be very opposites in that sense because <laughs> you're very I'm comfortable. Very, I don't care how on or I think. It's clear to me, okay. but it's clear in the most abstract way, which is your bing bong. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like saying it's totally not clear at all. <laughs> And just because it's clear to you doesn't mean yeah. it's clear to the other part. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 um, I don't know if I don't know if anyone's ever said this. It's like the purity of dirt. expressing myself even if it doesn't really get along to the other person mm-hmm. and of course that is also problematic mm-hmm. so maybe outside of if whether I'm comfortable communicating my my greater question would be is am I more clear about what I'm communicating Yeah, but yeah, but the question—the question is just about comfort. Yeah. So you're comfortable in communicating. Now the additional but, question is whether or not what you're but, communicating is clear. Because, um, I think it becomes even more important, especially when it becomes emotional one. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I guess that since I'm just showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you've had you've made remarks before in the past like mm-hmm. when I sigh when I make <laughs> weird noises like you say ah. you're like what do you mean by this I don't understand this like, language so it's like <laughs> and, and it's making me think am I really conveying my emotions well do I understand them as well mm-hmm. So it's that sense of 
to others understand it. it calls, might also come back to me too. I also understand it because I mean, there have also been times in the past where I've gotten angry and mm-hmm. I've erupted mm-hmm. and le- skipping through all of the details mm-hmm. I might not have had clarity but I had a lot of expression yeah you were very comfortable in communicating <laughs> so it doesn't make me say uh, it's just being able to communicate mm. comfort Or is it also just an eruption of wants? Yeah. Of, of, is it just an eruption of expression? Okay. Not Communication. It, yeah, it's As not really communicating to... anything. You were mm-hmm. just erupting, basically. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it does also make me think, even in the good times, am I also just erupting my... Mumus and Mabubus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I okay. Um, rephrasing your your answer. You're comfortable in expressing, but you're not sure if it's communicating anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, okay, got it, <laughs> got it. Okay. Do you want to move on to the next question? Question number eight. Um. What was the attitude towards relationships in your family growing up? So again, Esther Perel provided um, options here. So was it comfortable, natural, awkward, repressive, shameful, guilt-inducing, abusive? And yes, we can go beyond these um, options she provided. Like we can use abrasive. <laughs> yes, combative, combative. <laughs> um, militant, what? <laughs> yes, it can be. It can be militant. Um, yeah, I guess those are your answers already. So. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just throwing words out. Mm-hmm. But I would say, um, growing up, I feel growing up in a more Christian school environment as opposed to the family setting. There is more of the sense of in order for me to have a relationship or in order for anyone to quote unquote have the right to be in a relationship, you have to be independent. Mm-hmm. So you also you already have to be making your own money. Mm-hmm. You have to be a working member of society. Mm-hmm. And so um, during that time, I took most uh, relationships. Relationships meaning just friendships with other people, mm-hmm. including the opposite sex, just to be friendships. Mm-hmm. So anything beyond that uh, where it would be get romantic or intimate was kind of like saved for later on when mm-hmm. you're more mature. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I also still had to deal with that kind of expectations. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's really going back again to the yeah. first question. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. all of these questions are related anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the sense of there's really expectations in a relationship mm-hmm. and like whether or not you have the right mm-hmm. to be in a relationship and mm-hmm. thinking about it it's kind of like well mm-hmm. yes because I mean it, rights aren't really they're not like laws of nature mm-hmm. they're just things that we think up of as boundaries mm-hmm. that society should follow I'm just rambling right now yes yes you are <laughs> I'm rambling so much <laughs> I should just rename myself as Ramble mm-hmm. Ramble Dominic Pe. <laughs> mm, Ramble Dominic so um, I guess there, there is also that sense of guilt mm-hmm. but also now mm-hmm. well no it's about growing up so mm-hmm. what was the attitude <laughs> yeah, 
there's the sense that what well, especially for my parents you should just be friends get to know other people mm-hmm. don't get in to a relationship until you're older yeah okay mm-hmm. okay um on my my end um it was definitely not uh, natural actually it's something that's frowned upon going beyond the option she's given her it's um in your family yes in my family like having a relationship especially if it's not going towards getting married or building a family is frowned upon so the only the only reasonable um reason for a lack of a better term i'm so sorry uh, i'm a writer i'm ashamed of my lack of like vocabulary their only reasonable reason that they can accept if you want to have a relationship is if you're actually going towards a direction of having a family having children being a productive member of society so to speak so i guess um, more about the productive society yeah so it's really I guess a little really guilt inducing if that makes sense mm-hmm. because like you shouldn't have yeah. you shouldn't have a relationship if it's not going anywhere or going to contribute to society anyway that's the that's the attitude so okay uh, do you want to question move? yeah number yeah, nine question number nine do you want exclusiveness in your relationship? Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's a plural relationships. <laughs> I guess because it's the relationships here applies also to non-romantic ones, like relationships mm. with like, friends, a family. Uh, I don't personally. I don't know how to answer this. Uh because what what does it mean to be exclusive this that i don't understand um because i don't maybe i don't understand this because i'm not a a very selfish person like i'm not a very jealous person anyway to begin with like maybe i don't have a sense of exclusivity so to speak so I don't know if it's something I want, but it's just something that's happening in my relationships that it, it just so happens that it becomes exclusive. But I don't know if it's something that I want, but it's something that's happening. I don't know if I'm making sense. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. How about you? For, for me, because I'm about to go on a lecture. No, no, please, no. The different no, kinds. No, I refuse. The different no. kinds of love. No, I no. refuse. I you refuse. say that there's like six different <laughs> kinds of love. I, I would just say uh-huh. to be exclusive about the love that you give. Mm-hmm. And when I say love, I mean the kind of giving love. So mm-hmm. talking about the word to give the verb Mm -mm. i don't think it should be restricted okay so you don't want so you don't want exclusiveness like there is the sense that every person that you meet Mm -hmm. isn't going to have the same kind of connection that you'll share with another one Another one. So, another one. So, I'm um, sorry. This is really making me mm-hmm. look feel like a look like a collector. I'm thinking of like, oh my god, um, you know, people might like different kinds of jewels, different kinds of gemstones, mm-hmm. and you might be able to have a collection of different kinds. Mm-hmm. You'll have different memories and experiences with them, mm-hmm. but. You might not necessarily be you won't be able to spend equal amounts of time with each of them mm-hmm. there's always going to be one that you like the most mm-hmm. the one that you spend your time with mm-hmm. maybe okay 
<laughs> kudos to the person to somebody that can actually for example keep up uh, relations keep up a highly intimate relationship with multiple people at yeah. the same time there are some people who are like that i mean they're just naturally like that like yeah it's incredibly tiring but it also does make me question whether or not that person is still part of the relationship or if they're just like relationships or yeah, if they're but just the question is the relationships but the but, question is <laughs> I, i would say I would say <laughs> that in terms of like our relationship there is a certain exclusiveness. Yeah. But do you want the I exclusiveness? <laughs> I, it's not that I don't want. It's more of <laughs> no matter what there will be that exclusiveness. Yeah, but the question is Do you want it? Maybe that's similar to my answer earlier. Now, I don't think it's something that we wanted. It's just something that happened. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I'm. I don't. I don't remember um, saying outright. For example, when we started out, na um, oh, this is like a purely monogamous, exclusive relationship. Whatever. I don't think that was like a clear statement but i guess the fact that it's been exclusive for the past 10 years or so says a lot na maybe it is what we well, want i don't know <laughs> there is a question there because even if we're exclusive by us communicating our relationship <laughs> does that still let it be exclusive as well I don't know. Especially given that it's a very, for example, this podcast is a very public. No, but that that, that has that, that has nothing to do different. with that has nothing to do with it. I that's why I'm asking. What does it mean to be exclusive? Does that mean yeah. it's just the two of us for like the rest of our lives? I don't. I don't. Sorry. I really. I. I guess some people are very particular about exclusivity, but I honestly don't. Uh, I honestly don't understand how it works. I understand how monogamy works, for example. Like we've been very monogamous, but I don't know what exclusivity means. Mahogamous. Mahogamous. Very mahogany. Mahogany. Did I say mahogamous? Did I say mahogany? No, no. I, I said mahogany. <laughs> I hate you, ma'am. <laughs> I hate you. Anyway. You're a very bad person. You're very bad here. Anyway, so we're actually down to the final question. Yay! We made it. We made it alive, and we did not have a fight. Do you want to start a fight? Let's start a fight. Let's no, start no. A fight. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. No, no. The 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 question is: What is a hard conversation for you to have around relationships? And then there's follow-up questions. So like. How do you feel when you're having this hard conversation? Um, what happens to your body, and what is the the backstory there? Like, why is it a hard conversation for you? So, yeah. Yeah, this is a fight. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to fight. It's too late. No, it's too late in the night to fight. I don't have the energy anymore. <laughs> Oh, this is a hard conversation. Mm, it's hard for me to think about whether there's still a hard conversation that we haven't had. Mm, that's interesting. Oh, well, mm, okay. Let let us reframe this. Yeah. Okay. When we were younger, <laughs> when we were younger, <laughs> what is a hard conversation for you to 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 bring bring up? I think I think we've this yeah you're right we've had a lot of hard conversations but like, what was the hardest like I guess what was guess, the hardest conversation? Yeah, even if I bring up the past, even if you bring up the past, I think it does still come to the present because now I just thought of it now. It's about the final proposition, the final proposal, an engagement. 
Oh, God. Um, there it Let's let's show that for another episode. Uh, bye. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the hard conversation. It's... But, okay, if I might add to that... If I might add to that already, because we've been we've been having this hard conversation for the past ten years. Oh, I think I think the circumstances of our lives outside of each other is actually what makes it hard. Don't you don't you agree? Because like I feel like yeah, outside of K, outside of second date KFC. No, not not just that. Like. If it were just really, really up to the two of us, if we're if if the two of us existed in a vacuum outside of what we were just talking about about expectations and society and all of that, it's probably going to be an easier conversation to have. Yeah. I, I want to bring up the question: How does your body feel now? Talking about it, talking oh. about this. Yes. It, it looks like you're tensing up. No, it's it's Sounds really like it's really awkward for me because like oh my god, here we go again. When <laughs> will this conversation end? It's more of that like oh my god, it's this again. <laughs> you know, it does it does make me wonder like if that happens mm-hmm. when we finally quote unquote tie the knot will will the the feelings (laughs) ever go away will we ever actually be able to say hey we're married yeah but again going and then it's like um, yay no I mean I feel like (laughs) I feel like it will just go back to what I said earlier about expectations and societal Expectations and stereotyping. It's it's always going to be me navigating, just really enjoying the relationship for what it is versus weighing it against what what does society expect from the both of us. Kumbaga, like, yeah, we're 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 taglishing a little bit here, but because we're a little fra- frazzled already, because oh my god, this conversation again, never ending. This hard conversation <laughs> is making you speak taglish. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's making you speak taglish. It's like, so. It's like it's like so hard. What's the backstory there? Okay, for me, okay, what's the backstory there? I mean, I, I think we gave a bit of the backstory. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll give you your turn to. No, I mean, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have because, um, yeah, I mean, the circumstances. The circumstances are hard. I think it's a hard conversation because the circumstances are hard. I think that's that's my thesis statement about it. <laughs> about it. So everything exists in context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really big on context, so like yeah, it's a hard conversation because it's also a hard circumstance. So I'm not making excuses. I mean other people will probably say, Oh Tony, you're just Making excuses. I'm. I'm not. I'm trying to navigate a hard situation, in a sense. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm trying to navigate between a hard situation and a rock. Yeah. My goodness. No. Really bad metaphors. <laughs> you're between a rock and a hard place. I think that's what you're trying to <laughs> approach. <laughs> no, I, I still want to use the term hard situation. <laughs> hard switch anyway so I guess we have the same answer for number 10 mm-hmm. more or less yeah. uh, but it's that's the thing it's not a hard conversation for us to have because we always talk about it but it's still a hard conversation but it's, because it's still a conversation we're having right now <laughs> yeah okay. and I feel like even if we do uh, get married soon and have a family or have children it's always going to be a hard conversation anyway I don't think that conversation will ever go away I think I mean yeah again, it also makes me think even if we've done it does it mean what does it mean 
know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, on top of the fact that we're in a relationship to have that status what does that mean for us what does that mean and uh, our groups yeah with the people around us and i guess just to close off this conversation just to provide a, a closer i i think that's the point as well of having this kind of relationship inventory that is the point of Esther Perel and coming up with this relationship inventory so that you and your partner can just do like a check-in with each other through these 10 questions to really know where you are right now in the in the relationship and yeah what hard conversations should you be having uh, as, asking questions yeah because because you are forever going to navigate the relationship so even if we do get married already and have a family and have children and where have you we are going to keep on asking these questions because we're also going to change um we're going to change our minds about things so like this these series of questions is a good like um i guess a good litmus test of where we are yeah it's a good way to <laughs> kind of set, kind of see, I, I also see like the meanings and something. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, being being obscure. Yeah, something. A, a communicator. <laughs> something. There's always something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> to get the substance out of it. Yeah. Okay. To, or to maybe not get the substance because experience is substance, but <laughs> to interpret that substance. Yeah. Okay. So we were able to answer the ten questions without getting into a fight <laughs> and we're, our relationship is still intact and just in time for Valentine's Day tomorrow just in time <laughs> just in time, time. time. Yeah, um, you used a lot of staples and duct tape yeah, um, <laughs> you know there's really not much to do tomorrow since you know how do you celebrate Valentine's Day in a pandemic so I guess we're just going to rewatch. When Harry Met Sally and You've Got Mail, rewatch it for like the end time. We don't get tired of it. Well, I don't get tired of it. I don't. I don't know if he gets tired of it. So um, I, I guess. I like seeing the dogs. I like seeing the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I guess we'll close this off. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Have a good day.